us are going through this. We may be doing this separately, but we're all in this together. Like, I'm totally bringing back High School Musical right now. We're all in this together. I know, I just started dancing. (laughs) (laughs) But... I'm a pal presents... Cosplay every day. Everyday Rogue, a time capsule for cosplayers. Pressing record is kind of key. Great. Hey Shigas, Everyday Rogue here on It's Like a Podcast or whatever. We're taking a look at canceled convention culture. With the coronavirus global pandemic, large gatherings are banned and conventions are canceled. But congoers have our particular kind of resiliency. So we're checking in on our fellow cosplayers and photographer friends, and some who are both, to find out what they've been up to during this quarantine and beyond. And with us now to continue the conversation in our series is none other than everyone's hero. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. Super, super excited. Um, So tell us what, you know, before all of this happened, what did your typical year of convention and cosplay and photography look like? Well, if I'm thinking like, uh, like last year. Yeah. And, and like comparison to this year, I was doing like at least one or two cons a month. And then around those cons, I had like at least one shoot a week. So the photography and the cons, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so that is an intense schedule. Yeah, so it's definitely like when it when all this started, it's completely downhill. Yeah, it's like yeah. A complete complete flip. Right. Like nothing to do, no cons. It's like I feel empty. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and you you had so many different characters too. So. Yep. You know, so not only were you doing a con a month and a shoot, but you were also like constantly yeah. creating too in yep. the meantime. So, My goal was one character a month. Wow. I didn't know yeah. that you had that goal. I like yeah. totally believe that you hit that <laughs> and beyond. Um, that's really cool. Did you, can you, like, do you have more little goals for yourself that? Uh, My My goal, my goal when like, the coronavirus stuff started was to still keep that like one character a month even though I wasn't going to conventions and I kind of kept I kind of actually went overboard on that I think I did like like five characters in one month and I'm like okay that's it (laughs) oh my gosh that is amazing that is so cool so what was the last convention you attended uh PAX East if we're counting that as a convention Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you had known that that was going to be your last convention oh, for a while, my God. would you have if done I, anything different? If I, if the, the thing is though, I've gone to so many like PAX events 
this one, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to chill out. I'm just going to go for a day. I'm not going to do anything extensive. Just going to do a few photo shoots and that's it. Oh, and then no. <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't bring a cool cosplay. I didn't, I missed like three of my photo shoots because I'm like, we'll see each other the next con. It's okay. Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it just ended up being the last convention. It was like, come on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because that seems really unlike you too. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I'll just take a break. I need a break. Cause cons get like, they get hard sometimes. I'm like, I'm just gonna take a break this con. I'm gonna chill out. And then it ended up being the last con. I was like, come on. Yeah. I mean, totally deserved break. And now you just yeah. get an extended break. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so unwanted so vacation. Right. So take <laughs> us take us through your reactions. What what was it like for you finding out about the conventions canceling? It I wasn't completely upset because ironically, since I, I do like 30 cons like a year, this was the year I'm like, I'm gonna slow down on cons because my wallet hurts. They're not yeah. really changing up for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna go to my core like four cons this year and I'll be happy. But then they all canceled. I'm like, I wish I went to more in the beginning of the year because yeah. I was going to go to a KatsuCon mm -hmm. in Maryland, but I decided to skip it this year. And then I'm like, I wish I would have gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So can, can we ask, what are your four main cons that you like to go to? My four main cons, if I, if I have the money, KatsuCon's one of them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I skip it because it's just a very expensive trip. Yeah. It's KatsuCon. Anime Boston, Boston Comic Con, and New York Comic Con. Nice. And then, and then there, are, of course, there are a lot of small ones I go to just because they're in my hometown or like ten minutes away. So, yeah. But those aren't like my main ones. Those are like if I have the day off or something. Right. Right. Nice. So, all right. If we're if we're thinking like best and worst, what has been the worst part of this time of no conventions? It's probably the lack I've to be honest, before all of this happened, I didn't realize how little I hung out with my cosplay friends. So, oh. so I, I usually do that at the cons. Yeah. And then when, the, when and then when there's no cons, I'm like, I haven't seen you in like six months. Right. Yeah. So that so that's probably like the worst part is not being able to see my cosplay friends. Right, because it's a very particular group of friends that if exactly. you're seeing every month, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're my friends. I see them all the time. Oh, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because, you know, part of what I love about conventions, too, is that it brings a bunch of different people together, yep. too. Yep. Different people with the same interest and passion, which is exactly yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, so has there has there been any benefits of this time for you? The benefit I would say is that I also didn't realize how much money I spent on conventions. Mm, mm -hmm. So it's like when there's no conventions, I'm like, how come I have all this extra money? And it's like, oh, because I'm not spending $300 <laughs> to go to a con. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, I wonder if this will, um, you know, I think budgeting is a life skill that a lot yeah. of people in general are lacking. Um, yeah. But particularly cons are like this budget suck. They're like this black yep. hole that we don't account for all the little expenses yep. that add up. Yeah. And even when you do, when you get to a con, there's always something unexpected that makes you exactly. spend money. Exactly. The $5 bottle of water. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, so what have you been doing during this time to, to feed your cosplay spirit? For the first, uh, I'm going to say it was uh, February through March. I was trying to get like a few characters done that I've been wanting to do, mm. but didn't have the time to get them done or just didn't want to. So I was like, I'm going to take, take this time to get at least one of them done. And then a bunch of them started coming out. Other than that, it's just been the photo shoots as scarce as they are. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us how your, your photography has been impacted. It's in the beginning, it was very difficult Mm -hmm. because there wasn't, they didn't even know, or they, they, they didn't mention or say anything about social distancing. So people pretty much just thought that they couldn't come into contact with anybody whatsoever. Right. So I was like, great. So that's no photo shoots for two months. Mm-hmm. But then when things started to slow down, people started doing uh, Google Duo photo shoots, which is very, I know it's a weird concept. I haven't actually done one, but I guess it's like you do like a video chat and the person does like a pose and then you take the picture of the pose then the photographer edits the photo i don't know it's very very awkward but that's what how people started doing photo shoots wow when things started flowing down. I, didn't, yeah. I had no idea that that was a thing yeah it's really weird like i scheduled a few but when it when it came down to it i'm like this isn't really photography to me so i'm not gonna do it i'm sorry and, and the quality i imagine yeah is... yeah because you have to hope they have a good phone you know what I mean? Yeah, and are able to angle it and the yeah, like exactly. using all the techniques. Like. Yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely not the same. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But but now like five months out with all the social distancing, it's made it a lot easier yeah. to do photography, and it's good because well, it's it's hard and it's good. Like I like doing outdoor photo shoots, which is perfect for social distancing stuff but the problem is with everybody out of a job or just having nothing else to do all the parks and stuff are like more overrun than normal so like defeats the purpose Mm, you need to find those like really secluded (laughs) out there places yeah get gotta get creative with your locations yeah yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I and this shift into photography. So I feel like I know you more as a as a cosplayer. Um, but can you say a little bit about you know sort of what that's like and and what sort of came first? How did how did the photography piece come about? Technically, well, not technically. Cosplay definitely came first. Mm-hmm. It was like I'm gonna say five years ago. Okay. Yeah. I'll say five years ago, I started cosplaying. And how it was, was I would take like my own photos of my cosplays and stuff, and I would edit them to make them look cool and stuff. And then they looked really cool. Just yeah. (laughs) And then, and then people were like, can you take my photo and stuff like that? And then that started up. And then eventually people like, you should just go into photography. And then history from there. Nice. So, I mean, do you, do you have any tips for anyone who's sort of considering going into photography? Like, is there equipment? Are there, you know, things you can learn? The, the funny thing is a lot of people will say, they're like recommend like the most expensive equipment will help you do like the best photos, which isn't true at all. 
to be honest, the first two years I was doing photography, I was literally using my phone. Wow. And people thought, and people thought I was using like a $3,000 camera. I'm like, no, just my cell phone. iPhone? Nope. It was a Samsung S8. Whoa, plugged for Android. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. S8. Wow. Yeah, I know. Ancient now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is great. I think that's so encouraging because uh, everyone has a phone. Exactly. Yeah. And nowadays they're making phones literally just like made for the camera. Right, exactly. It's always their top selling point. Do you need to learn any special features on the phone? No, you just have to find um, like an editing program that you're comfortable with. Okay, is there one that you recommend? I recommend, it's called PixArt. P-I-C-S art. Oh. It's actually very comparable to um, Photoshop itself, and it's free. Nice. Yeah, if you awesome. learn how to use it, you learn how to use it, you can pretty much do anything you need to in it. Yeah, sweet. Well, listeners, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So um, and anything else that sort of come out of this time for you? Not that I can think of, to be honest. I, actually, I mean, I mean that's a lot already. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what else do you want from yeah. me? <laughs> Iron ironically, though, now that things have slowed down, I feel like I'm way more busier than I was mm. before all of this. Like, I know I said I had like one shoot a week, which would equal to four shoots a month. I <laughs> think this month, if I'm counting them all correctly, I had like 14 different shoots. Wow. Yeah. And it's because everyone's trying to catch up for the time we all lost. Like, it, yeah. it sucked because during all this, I missed out on, uh, I can't remember all the holidays, but I didn't, I wasn't able to do like a St. Patrick's Day theme stuff. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do Easter stuff. So it's like a lot of people just want to like catch up and do all that stuff. And it's all happening at the same time. Oh, interesting. So people are kind of like going back and doing yeah. like previously themed holidays. Yeah. Oh. It's because it, it, it's like this is the one time everyone's like, it doesn't count. We all know we missed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really interesting. I, you know, another thing I didn't know was happening. <laughs> That's really cool. So, so what do we think sort of lies in the future for conventions, for cosplay, for photography? As far as cons go, I'm not sure I like it, but I think a lot of them are going to continue to try to do the, uh, the virtual cons that I've been seeing pop up. Oh. Like, I like the idea of it, but it's just not the same. Right. Like I get what they're trying to do. They're trying, they're trying to keep the hype alive for the cons, mm -hmm. but it's gonna be really weird when con when a con like eventually decides to start up, and they're gonna have to keep in mind all the precautions they should be taking, and then people just aren't gonna follow them, and then it's gonna become another problem. Right. Exactly. Oh man. And cons aren't like small, so it's like always a million people there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, the people is the part I love about it. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. Um, so, so what about Halloween? I mean, do you feel like there's any hope for that? 
it's so hard to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, I feel like the whole entire, well, not the whole entire world, the, I feel like the USA is going to eventually enter a state where they're going to be like, it's going to be at your own risk type thing. And I'm uh, afraid, I'm afraid that's going to happen with like Halloween. Like, they're going to be like, you can do Halloween, but just so you know, coronavirus still exists type thing. Yeah. And it's interesting because I still, I don't usually do anything for Halloween because I'm normally working at Spirit. Oh, and right. I, ac- I actually thought they would be closing this year, but I still got the email about coming back to work. So I'm like, okay. Oh. So they, they foresee Halloween happening. Okay. Or they're at least hopeful. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I can't imagine Halloween happening, like in any sense. Like I don't see people throwing Halloween parties during this. And I don't see people wanting their kids to go to random people's doors that could potentially have the virus. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird to me because I remember growing up in a time where Halloween was on Halloween, but now I feel like recently, you know, if there's bad weather, towns will be like, oh no, Halloween is on Saturday. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Like, how do you change Halloween? (laughs) Um, No, I remember going trick-or-treating when it was raining. Right, exactly. You just, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, now now I feel like, well, they've already been changing the, the days of exactly. Halloween. So, you know, who knows? Um, Halloween's now in November. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah. know you could do that, but great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what, uh, what hot tips do you have for, for cosplayers during this time without conventions? Uh, I would say do your best to keep creative, mm-hmm. keep the ideas alive, do some stuff that you haven't been haven't been able to do that you want to do, because I have seen a lot, a lot, but I have seen a good number of cosplayers kind of lose their spark for cosplaying because they're so depressed mm-hmm. about no cons. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is the time to get stuff done. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Five new yeah. characters in a month. Yeah. Jeez. It's overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what keeps you inspired? Uh, pretty much the source material for those characters. Hmm. That makes sense. Like, for example, one of the characters I did was uh, The Witcher from the new show. Oh, the new yeah, yeah. Show. So I kept watching that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get his stuff together because I really want this to be ready for when cons actually start up again. Great, great. Yeah. Um, do you have any like insider tips you want to share about how you put your cosplays together? Um, because you make it look effortless. <laughs> Does that it make depends. sense? Yeah, no, I get it. It depends on the character, to be honest. Okay. Because some of the characters, like I'm a big advocate for a cosplayer way. So yes. if, you pay attention, if you see my stuff, like none of the characters are actually like, to the T, like what the design is. I always try to put my spin on it, which makes it like 10 times easier when making a cosplay because it'll be like, he has a big sword that has this weird handle. I'm like, I'm going to just have a normal handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that or makes I'm it have easier. A handle. Yeah. And people still get it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you still get like... to play. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like with a lot of, cosplayers they uh they focus too much on the detail 
of getting it like perfectly to what the character is Mm -hmm. and then they get stressed out when it doesn't work out and I'm like it's supposed to be fun you know what I mean yeah I don't let the stuff get you down and part of what I love about you as a person and especially as a (laughs) cosplayer is like you have fun like you really um you know you you really uh embody that that value there so I I just appreciate that (laughs) thank you yeah, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> you you contribute so much to this community, and it's um, you know it's such an honor to get to you know get this insider peek here. Yeah. Um, so, any any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Just everybody stay happy. We'll get through this sooner or later. Yeah, things yeah. will get back to uh, somewhat normal, and we'll all be at cons again, being happy and partying it up. Hmm. And until that day, yeah. where can where can yeah. everyone find you in all your cosplay awesomeness? Either Instagram or Facebook. It's always everyone's hero cosplay. Okay. And I think at this point you can even Google that and find me. I I would imagine so. Yeah. Um if if anyone wants to do a photo shoot with you, how would they do that? Technically you could do the same, but I do most of my photography stuff on my Instagram which is hero of photography. Keeping oh, with the hero theme. I like that. That's very <laughs> nice. So uh, check out uh, the Instagram. Check out all these plugs. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome cosplay. Awesome photography. Awesome human. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you're everyone's hero. So uh, <laughs> we we thank you for, for all that you do. The honor is mine. Yay. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you, uh, everyone's hero for being on. Uh, thank you listeners. Uh, this has been, it's like a podcast or whatever. Stay sweet, chickas. Hiya, puddins. It's your girl, Holly Quinn, AKA Dr. Holly and Quinzel here to tell y'all about it's like a podcast or whatever. We talk about nerd stuff and life stuff. And if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powie Awards, our 100th episode, Q and Slay, or theater from our butts. Have a good day, puddins, and love, trust, and belief. So excited to have Black Cat Cosplay, a.k.a. Mache. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor. This has been like too long. Like we, this should have been done a long time ago, but that's okay. You're here now. It's great. Exactly. We're, we're here and we're able to do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Truth. Okay. So tell us what your typical cosplay convention nerdy life <laughs> looked like in the year before the pandemic. Oh, it was constantly crazy. Uh, My husband and I would travel all the time. A lot of New England cons, which is where we do a lot of our either press, um, show off cosplay, and a lot of meet and greets with a lot of different people, our friends, fans of other projects that we do, as well as doing a lot of community stuff with our cosplay group um, that is based in Vermont, but we were able to actually kind of broaden that out, which is called the Guardian Legion, and be able to do a lot of fun volunteering with that. Uh, My husband and I, we would also travel out of state to, like, even out of New England, all the way to Vegas for a convention. So 
we would get to go and meet so many amazing people everywhere. And that was our life. Like it almost felt like at a point one year, it was, I think eight in a year and we were burnt out. <laughs> yeah. So we, we started making sure we, we went to the ones that we knew we had most of our friends at, um, mm-hmm. because of the fact that that's what we loved the most about the conventions was seeing our friends and just seeing the love everyone else had for either your costume or the same interests and just the beaming happiness of everybody when you're at a convention. Yeah, there, there's nothing like that energy. It's, it's so specific and amazing. Oh yeah, it definitely is. I've, do, I've done sporting events in a costume and it's like the, those are sporting event energy is so different than a con convention energy. Yes. You can have we're both fans of things, but our energy levels are so different. Yeah. Yeah. That It's so interesting to talk about it. It's sort of like you have to experience it to know it, but just yeah. know there's a difference, listeners. There's a difference. <laughs> there definitely um, is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you said you do about eight conventions a year and then you were also doing volunteer stuff. So it sounds like you, you're really busy. Oh yeah. We were constantly busy. Um, I think there was one month that we went to three conventions back to back to back weekends. What? Burnt out, but we just loved being able to see everybody because there would be like Boston and then you had another convention like the week after and then like just the next month you have one and then Rhode Island, which is the big one that we go to and Mm -hmm. it's, it was crazy, but we made sure we gave ourselves a little detox in the brain yeah, <laughs> and just yeah. energy and then would continue going back. Right, right. That's important to, you know, have a, have that balance there. So what was the last event you attended, whether it was a con or whether it was a charity event? The last event was actually Boston Comic-Con um, was the oh, last one wow. that we went to. And I believe we did one meet and greet with some kids at our local children's hospital as well. But those were the last two things because once the holiday season started coming through, everything else got really busy. So we Mm -hmm. decided that year to take a break and not go to Rhode Island, which we tend to go to every year. Mm -hmm. We're like, you know what, this year, because it was too close to Halloween, which is our favorite holiday. Um, we, we decorate the whole outside of our house and our neighborhood kids like absolutely love it. So we wanted to make sure like we didn't miss that. So we decided to not go to Rhode Island and then things started uh, shifting in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So take us through your reactions. What, what was going through your mind? So we were getting ready to actually go to PAX East, uh, Mm -hmm. and, we were sitting there and watching that things were starting to happen in the world. And we're like, huh, what is, what is really going on? And we heard about the pandemic and then we're sitting there and we watch more and more vendors are pulling out of Paxis. Like first Sony pulled out, then another, then another, then another. And that's when it really hit us that we're like, wow, this is real. And that was back in March. So that's before like the real numbers and everything hit in the US. So we're like, wow, if this is happening so bad in other parts of the world that we're being affected by it, like what's getting ready to happen? And 
we saw it and we're like, you know what? We don't feel comfortable and we don't feel safe going in case it was here already. Mm-hmm. So we decided to not go to PAX. Um, then we were also going to potentially go to ACE, which finally came back to Boston. Then that got canceled and we're like, oh, things are really happening. Yeah. And once we sat there and like we stopped and we really thought about it, we're like, it, we actually felt happy that the conventions did close mm. and because seeing what was going on with PAX alone that everybody knew there was a health risk going but they still went mm-hmm. because they paid for it and right. they it's, were that's there. A, like and particularly about PAXIS for people who don't know about it like it is an investment to get tickets it, like it's it's not cheap either like it's it's a process yeah. So when we sat there and we saw the fact that there were still so many people going and after that one is when we started seeing the conventions close and we're like, you know what? We agree with it. And mm-hmm. it's like, how many times have you sat there and you've gone to a convention, even if small ones, if you have just too many people near you, when you're near a vendor, you have to get really close, like sometimes uncomfortably close to them to be like, Hey, how much is this? Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of people like doing bartering and that. So you kind of are always going back and forth. People are touching things. Um, being a cosplayer, I, if I'm wearing a mask, I'm constantly like taking my mask's product off, putting it back on. And honestly, not ever really thinking of how clean something I was just touching mm-hmm. and that, and when we stopped and really thought about it, we're like, wow, it is a good thing that it, it, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt these businesses, but the businesses cared enough about the people that they're trying to serve mm-hmm. to cancel. Um, right. And a lot of them, if you sit there and you look at how the dates were going, they canceled prior to shutdowns or restrictions in their areas. Um, Look at like conventions that are still supposed to be happening in like November. They all canceled all the way back in April and May Mm -hmm. because they realized they're like, you know what? It's not going to be safe. And we want to make sure not only are they safe, but the people who attend their conventions are safe because if it's not for us going, they have nothing. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had known that, um, you know, I think about when you said you chose not to go to Rhode Island Comic-Con, like if you had known that this was going to be what, you know, 2020 was going to look this way, would you have done anything different? We may have then tried to go, um, especially because of the fact that on Halloween, at least where we live, it downpoured. It was raining (laughs) all day. The kids still went out. I was like, y'all are troopers, but like it was downpouring. So we couldn't even like put our decorations up. We did still do like our lights in the window. Um, We do a projector on our window. So it looks like zombies or witches are flying through our house. That's Uh, so cool. So that's what we do. And we still did that at least, but it, we probably would have then been like, you know what, let's, let's try to make the effort to go just so that we can have that and our, and be able to actually say kind of bye for now to a lot of our friends that we have some, we have a handful that live in Vermont, but 
Most of our friends live in Boston, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and the only way we all get together is these conventions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is, it's yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is really, really hard, um, you know, because when you're, when you're doing as many events as you are, you know, you're seeing them regularly, so it oh, yeah. feels, it feels different, and then when those events are, are taken away, um, you know, it, it takes more intentionality. Um, so, so take us through sort of the, the best and worst. What, what do you feel has been the worst part of this season of no conventions? Honestly, the worst part is not seeing our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, we always would sit there and try to make an effort to see as many of people that we know going, um, especially you would know, be like, you post, Hey, I'm going to this con who's coming. And yeah. then you get everybody commenting me, me, oh, not this one next time. And so you yeah. always try to make an effort to see them. Even if it's like those big, busy cons, you always will try to be like, Hey, what's up? Let's do this. Or, Hey, I'm going to go and see this person. You want to come? And like, that's the biggest thing that we miss. Cause we, we love seeing our friends and that at this point because we've been going to conventions for so many years these friends aren't just friends they have literally become extended family mm. and we and we even sit there and everybody's like oh you have these friends I'm like no 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 they're not friends they're my con family yeah like, it, it like anytime we see them they're always happy to see us and vice versa uh, we'll always think of random things and be like, oh my gosh, I saw this and that will remind me of this friend because that's what they like. And you will always have them on your mind and it just gets you so much more excited for the next time that you see them. And then it's like, now you're at that point and we're like, what, 2021, maybe like we can see them maybe 2022 and it, it hurts, but yeah. Luckily enough, we have technology. Like, imagine if this happened in the '90s. Like, right? What would we do. <laughs> <laughs> like, we would all be like attempting to pen pal each other, realizing nobody has anybody's address. Oh my gosh, that would have been wow. <laughs> That's so like dropping a letter to a letter. Wow, a letter to <laughs> to Santa Claus. I don't know where that came from. Sorry, your um, rogue is showing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. See, I was like in the spirit with you. I was like at the gun. Um, so what do you? I mean, has there been any benefits of this time? Um, any, um, any upsides? Well, I've been doing a lot of like kind of reorganizing. Um, I last year I was able to build a craft room and. Mind you, then I got really into like the last big cosplay that I made, which is Medusa from the Inhumans. And I was teaching myself a lot more on how to do foam armor. So I, I made a massive mess in my room. I like didn't clean it. So I kind of reorganized everything and I'm remapping out now what I want to focus on for either skill development or other types of costumes that I want to do. Nice. But unfortunately, without having the ability to know exactly when conventions are going to start back up, I've been sitting there instead using my skills for something else and in a way to be able to kind of help give back to the community in a way. Um, so because of the fact that I am I'm really good at sewing, I sat there and saw there was a way to be able to help people and I started making masks. Um, so what I did was any per person who would purchase a mask, 
it would actually cover another mask being made to be able to be donated to an essential worker. Um, I actually was able to do over like a hundred plus masks um, and be able to donate them. Uh, I gave them to people who didn't have the accessibility through their workplace because in the beginning of this, you didn't. Um, now everybody has the accessibility, but in the beginning, we really didn't. So I had a friend that worked as a emergency room manager and her managing staff, they didn't have masks and they, cause they couldn't constantly be taking the ones that were for the frontline people because they were more the desk people. Mm -hmm. So I gave her masks um, and a bunch of other people who really were constantly out there, the grocery store workers and that who didn't have access to it. I was able to give them masks. And also mm -hmm. though, knowing that I was protecting somebody else too, because they had masks and it was really fun to be able to put my own spin on how I made the masks, even though I saw it was a simple tutorial online on how to do it, I made sure that it was, you could tell that it was by me because I made sure I had superheroes on them or I would make really cool backings because of the fact that not everybody likes them being on their ears. But it was also a, a growth step for me because I've never sold anything I've made before. So oh. it put a huge anxiety on top of, on top of everything because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if people don't like it? What if they break? What if they, this, what if they, that? And I'm like, I could never be somebody who commissions anything because I oh. think way too much about it. Um, but from everybody that did buy masks, they all have been telling me that they love them. And it, I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, I actually do have a skill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally, like I have my mask, not that anyone can see them right now, but I have my mask right here. I, see I was so you were one of the first people that popped up in my feed. Hey, I'm using my skills to make masks. So, and not only were you making masks, you had the different styles of masks. You had yes. different price ranges. Um, you had the fact that you were donating, and you had awesome patterns. Like <laughs> these are so cute. Um, and the quality, I was so, so impressed. Um, and then I felt like you probably hated me because I kept contacting you. I was like, so now I have someone else who wants some. And now I know I want to do another order. Like, okay. Um, and you charged a flat shipping rate, which I saw on the package that it costs more than the flat yes. shipping rate to send to me in particular. And I was like, and she didn't charge me for that. And like, she totally could have and probably should have. Um, but I think that really speaks to the heart that was in this work for you. Um, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you for, for doing this uh, and putting that work in. You're welcome. Yeah, no, um, I, I actually had a lot of people contact me because I did do a flat $5 fee for people. Um, but to ship, because I decided I wanted to make sure everybody had the a tracking number availability and people were getting these as quickly as possible. So I actually did priority mail for every single one, which is was more than the flat fee. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't care. Um, I need, people need to be able to be protected in this time. And I'm like, and they're entrusting 
me to make them something. So I'm like, they need to get it as quickly as possible so they can start being safe immediately. So mm-hmm. that's something that I sat there and I was like, I, they, they paid most of it. I can definitely t- take uh, the, the rest of it to make sure that everybody who wanted one had the access for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I even sat there and delivered one. Um, I had a friend who works for our local USPS and they didn't have masks. So he gave me old shirts of theirs. So I cut off their patches off of every single one and repurposed their shirts as masks with their patch embroidered onto it. Um, And even sent all the way down into Florida because it was somebody who she knew or he knew down there and she got her mask too. And he, he was like the first time he would not let me just donate them to him. But then he was like, Hey, they love it. Could you make more? I'm like, yes. And guess what? I'm not (laughs) charging you this time because you guys are, you're the ones who are sitting there and making us still feel sane by getting a package in the mail, like during this time. So, Mm -hmm. um, I made for them over, over 80 for our local, um, USPS department. So that was, that's what I was like, Oh, and then they, people sat there and started realizing me like, wait, you're that lady who made those masks. I was like, I did. Because <laughs> I kept going in so much because um, I, I actually was able to get orders from all over the place. Uh, some people in Texas, uh, New Jersey. I had uh, one going into Illinois, Montana, um, and then all over the New England as well. And they sat there and at, the, at my local USPS, they're like, sending masks again? I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Well, you certainly went above and beyond and there, you know, it sounds like there have been so many people that have benefited um, and that is just like so cool. Thank you for that work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um I imagine some of that fed your cosplay spirit, but has has there been anything else you've been doing to try to stay uh, stay into cosplay? Uh, with I was one of the people that uh, tried to tried to not gain weight during this, and when when we had to sit there and first go into quarantine, like my mentality for everything really went down. But luckily, we were able to actually get some gym equipment. So what I've been trying to do is I'm not necessarily working on costumes right now, but I want to be able to make myself in a better state um, and just be able to be able to present myself in different types of costumes that I had for future and feel really comfortable with myself. So Mm -hmm. I've been working on bettering my lifestyle, my health, um, as well as getting in, not into like how everybody wants a summer bod. I want a cosplay season bod. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I get that. That's perfect. (laughs) So that's kind of like what I've been focusing on. And, um, I am going to be soon because it's been ridiculously hot and, going into a lycra suit in 90 degree weather is not fun. So I'm waiting for it to kind of cool down a little bit. And 
I'm going to sit there and do some more photo shoots because I'm not at cons. So I'm like, I don't have pictures of a lot of my mm-hmm. outfits and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? it's beautiful where I live. I am right next to a lake. I've got gorgeous woods and I've got costumes that can like kind of fit the environment that I'm in. So my husband and I were going to sit there and do a photo shoot of quite a few different costumes that I have, especially now that we're kind of opened again. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been able to dial the notches as they say in our area so we have a little bit more of that freedom um and some of my costumes have masks so I'll be all set <laughs> there you go you're you'll be following the regulations <laughs> exactly I am within regulation I've got my mask <laughs> perfect well so you mentioned earlier how much you love Halloween yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we think is going to happen? Uh, that is such a hard thing to think about um, yeah. because you want to think of the safety of it. Mm-hmm. And I know they've done so many different things throughout the years because unfortunately our world every day is, is not becoming a brighter sunshiny place. It is unfortunately has more shadows than it does sunshine at times. And so a lot of people do really amazing things to keep children safe. So like people are doing the trunk or treat mm-hmm. and they sit there. And if you don't know what that is, they decorate the entire trunk to be able to have a fun Halloween theme. And the kids go from trunk to trunk of a car in a safe environment parking lot. So you don't have to worry about them going house to house, mm-hmm. running in out of streets and they get candy and they do prizes and they do like really fun, almost like a convention for kids. Um, yeah, so they with, do candy. All, with candy. With <laughs> candy. Um, and everybody's a winner because everybody has a sugar high at the end of it. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I... With everything having to be distanced and mandate, uh, you never know. By then, maybe we don't have the mandations of masks, but right now, so many places do. So mm-hmm. it's and like, there's how- so many costumes you could do with masks too. Well, luckily, yes. But then you have it's like, how are we going to do it? Because are you going to have the parents then sanitize every single piece of candy prior to the kids, like opening them and eating them? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just, it's a really hard thing. Like I love being able to see the kids and some of them I get heartbroken because they get really scared sometimes around my house. Cause like I mentioned, we, we make it look like ghosts are coming and if they're really young, they, they, mm-hmm. they really believe that there's a ghost or a zombie in our house. So I have, I'll sit there and I'll actually show them, be like, hey, look, see, you see that light? It's a projector. They're like, oh, can I have my candy so I can run away now? <laughs> um, like, but uh, I, I, I want to still be able to decorate and give kids like that sense of normality of that mm-hmm. this particular holiday. And like you said, like there are so many costumes that kids can wear with masks. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least that they can be safe and we can also be safe by wearing a mask or doing a costume that has a mask. So I, I hope that at that point we are in a better state that we could at least do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately then we're also knocking on normal flu season door. So it's, yeah. a, wow. it's a really hard time of year. Like in where I live, you have a 
one third chance it's going to be gorgeous. You have one third chance it's going to be raining and you have one third chance there's going to be snow on the ground. Oh, so <laughs> you only have a one in three chance of a actual good Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so used to the kids always wearing like jackets and that going trick or treating. Mm. So kids are extremely resilient. They will do whatever yeah. they can to go trick or treating. So I just, I hope that this, whichever states and all the states are able to kind of think of a way to safely be able to allow the kids to do that. Um, Cause if they're trying to allow kids back in school in groups, mm-hmm. then we should be able to allow groups. Um, I don't live in a huge area. So it literally goes like, here's one family. They go about maybe three to five minutes later, another family. So we luckily have a lot of room for space, but Mm -hmm. how do you do that in like New York city where it's like literally like door, 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 door. Right. Right. Yeah. You bring up a good point about jackets though. I remember hating (laughs) having to wear a jacket on Halloween because it messes up the costume. I know. (laughs) Um, But you know, thinking about thinking about that, well, if you have to wear a jacket, you know, wearing a mask is just one more thing. And I mean, they could always hit you up and get a mask that would match their costume. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, so what, uh, what other hot tips do you have for cosplayers during this time without conventions? How do we, how do we get through this? Definitely keeping in contact with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. That is, is huge and ideal because, Right now, our primary source of a lot of us being able to physically see each other is cut off. But luckily, we're not in the 90s. We don't have to pen pal write each other. Yeah. We have <laughs> all this amazing technology of, we have Zoom, you have Facebook Messenger that has FaceTime, you have normal FaceTime if you have their phone number. Um, like every, every type of social media out there almost at this point has a way that you can call and talk to everybody. So checking in on each other is definitely huge. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of my cosplay friends, they're doing like in and out Zoom calls that at any time between this time, we'll give you the code, you can pop in. Oh, wow. And they're doing like, you can do it as a in a costume contest or it's more like costume and booze so you guys are all just kind of socially drinking together and some may be in costume some may not so thinking of fun things to be able to do like that I know a lot of people are getting back into work now so Mm -hmm. it's you can always be able to find even if it's just five minutes to kind of check in on somebody um definitely do that um Mm -hmm. We're like I said before, like I'm lucky I have a, a handful of my cosplay friends here, and we a lot of us have been stuck at home. So, or we lit we work in essential working areas that are constantly doing the tests of checking your temperature and that. So, we felt safe enough to be able to come together. So, on one of our 90 degree days, which mind you, in Vermont, it's like almost never gets 90. So <laughs> we got 90 degree days this year and we all went swimming and then we had a barbecue after and it was good to just be able to have that interaction. And if you are outside of a state, you can still though be able to have that interaction. I sat there and contacted some of my family via Zoom. Mind you, trying to teach some family members how to use Zoom though, Aww. like long distance is kind of hard. <laughs> but we, we got it to work. Um, so 
we luckily are in such a huge technology boomed time mm -hmm. that we can keep in touch. So definitely do that. Reach out to your friends because you never know. Maybe they've, they're like me. I'm one of those people that I, I'm like, oh, well, if they didn't reach out to me, I, I don't want to bother them. We have to break that down. Um, yes, we, yes. We have to break that down. And Preach, Michelle. Preach I am one of those people that has to break that down. And I make sure like I'm contacting people here and there, like, especially if I haven't seen them on social media recently. Mind you, yes, I know Facebook algorithms are the worst, but if I don't see them on social media, like be like, hey, I miss you. I know we would typically around this time be going to a convention together. I want to know like, how are you doing? How are you coping? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Um, do you want to like just go on a Zoom call or a FaceTime and like just talk for a minute? Like definitely do that. I, I did that with my friend. She had to teach me a, a thing for sewing because I was like, how do I do this? And I just couldn't think of it. And my sewing machine was being temperamental. So I zoomed my friend and she was oh, like, oh, nice. this is what you do. So perfect. I love do it. That. And, and that's a big part of why we're doing this series too. We wanted to check in on all you guys. Exactly. You got, yeah. you got to have that check-in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we, especially everybody's life is crazy. So you don't, yeah. you don't have to worry though about being like, oh, I'm, I'm, messing up somebody's perfect life. Unfortunately, right now, nobody's living a perfect life. Nope. Everybody needs at least a little, hey, how you doing? Right. And definitely do that. Get out of your boxes. I'm, I'm in one of those boxes. I'm trying to break it down one, one little wall at a time. I'm breaking it down <laughs> so that I'll be the one. I'll be like, I'm not bothering them. If they don't respond, that means they'll get to it. <laughs> You know, this is recorded. So <laughs> if you need to re-listen to this for yourself, you know, it'll be here. Exactly. <laughs> See now the fact that it is now recorded, it is documented, it's happening. Like there you yep. go. It's Accountability. <laughs> there it is. Exactly. <laughs> so Mache, any final thoughts? Anything we missed? Uh, no, I think we, uh, we're doing really good with that. Um, definitely. Thank you so much for reaching out. See, you reached out, you checked in on me. I did. And I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to want to talk to me, but ah, yay, we got a bunch of people that did. So that's great. Because <laughs> everybody wants to, they, they, they want to talk about it because it like all of us are going through this. We may be doing this separately, but we're all in this together. Like mm -hmm. I'm totally bringing back high school musical right now. We're all in this together. I know, I just started dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but we really are. And the best way for our community uh, to be able to grow and be stronger after this is not shutting ourselves down during a time that we are unable to be together. It's literally try going out there and do what, what some of my other friends are. If you feel comfortable, be like, hey, send out a mass like message to people who would be interested in doing a zoom call in costume. You will be astonished on how many people would want to do that just to have that reason to kind of feel cosplay normal again. Um, you TikTok has been like this huge thing and people are doing their before and afters, like the passing of the paint or the makeup brush and mm -hmm. going from their costumes and things like that. Like there are so many different things out there to be able to connect with each other. And once we're able to be together again, 
it won't feel like it's been a million years. We're mm-hmm. all just literally going to go back and be like, so we were just talking about this. Let's get back to it. <laughs> Excellent. So give us all the plugs. Where can we, fi- you're still making masks, right? I am still making masks. Awesome. Tell us where we can find you. (laughs) So you can find my masks at Mache1602 on Instagram. Um, I haven't been posting too much there, but also that's where I do a lot of my fitness journey and just a little bit of me every day. Um, If you really want to see a lot of the costumes that I do and what I will be soon doing photo shoots of, you can find me at Black Hat Cosplays on Facebook. Um, I do have a page there. Um, And if you see anybody tag me in something, you could just totally reach out and be like, hey, you still making masks? Because <laughs> I just had somebody do that like recently. Um, but definitely, uh, that's where you can find me for those types of things. And don't even be afraid to reach out and just be like, hey, I heard this. Like, that was cool. <laughs> you, don't awesome. have to, you don't have to see me just to buy something. You can just be like, that was cool. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be like a particular, like, we don't have to be trying to buy something from you. We can just be like, Hey, what's up? Exactly. We, we all got to break our walls down. Remember? Yes. (laughs) Break those walls. It's on record. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Mache, it has been an absolute pleasure. We need to do this more often. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Keep breaking those walls. Yes. One, Um, one wall at a time. (laughs) uh, You're wonderful. Thank you again. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, Jack, this is a We Should Do This Again sometime podcast ad, take one. In a world where laughter was king. No in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of podcast. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... Nah, I don't think so. In a land before time. Jack, this is a cartoon movie, and we make it too if you use that. Uh, can you say We Should Do This Again sometime is hosted by Kat Chinetti and the Mark Rob, please? One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. Okay, bro, that's enough. We should do this again sometime with Cat and Mark coming to a podcast app near you. Someone get this guy out the booth, please. No, I like it in here. Handsome Bane is also joining us again this time. What up, though? And with us now, to continue the conversation in our series... You may know her as a firefighter by day, unfriendly blurred hottie by night, always the fandom t-shirt wearing, easily embarrassed but attention loving, Aubrey Loveman. Welcome. (laughs) That was the best intro I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Yay! We are like that's how excited we are to have you here. (laughs) Yeah, she's really good at what she does. Why do you see these transitions? So, Aubrey, tell us about what your typical convention cosplay awesomeness life looked like before this year. Well, um, I've only been cosplaying and going to cons for a few years, so I still feel like I'm pretty new on the scene and just super enthusiastic and really, really into it. A lot of big ideas. Um, And so there are two local cons that I go to here on Oahu regularly. And then last summer, I actually got the chance to go to San Diego Comic-Con um, as partly a volunteer. But if you volunteer there for a few hours, they just let you wander around for the rest of the day. It was Score. the gig, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was looking forward to doing that again this summer, hopefully. Um, but, you know, we're not doing anything this summer outside of our home. 
Um, so yeah, beforehand, I was going to these local cons that um, really sort of showed me what conventions could be because I was, you know, always once again very excited, very interested, very intimidated, and would just like be in my house, like looking at you know websites and and being in chat rooms, being like, wow, that looks really fun. Anyway. I'll be in my house reading comics, by not making any noise, you know. So when I finally went to my first con by myself, um, it went better than I could have ever expected. And I started getting uh, more active in like social media cosplay and, and con culture and, and made more friends. And it's just sort of exploded from there. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it truly is. It truly is. We, we love it too. So what was the last convention you attended? That was uh, Amazing Comic-Con Aloha. And so that was in February. And wow. gosh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was like right, I think, before the, the doors started closing. Yeah. Um, the country started closing. The world started closing. So we really got it in sort of last minute. And it was, you know, well before everyone was really even questioning if this was okay. It was just like we were hearing these vague rumblings about something might be going on and you know some virus and but it hadn't really hit home at all yet so we got to sort of have this one last really like worry-free big Mm. blowout at this con and and I'm really glad we did I had a ton of fun yeah so but if you had known in that moment that that was going to be the last convention in in a while would you have done anything different (sighs) I don't think so I think like, okay, so I really, I did the most, like this con, I went all three days, because sometimes like, oh, I can't get one day off work, like, I'll just go two days mm-hmm. or whatever, I went all three days, I cosplayed all three days, I got two of my friends drafted into this group cosplay with me, and I was just like, yes, they're in the cult now, like, nice. I spent so much money on art and books, like, after the con, I was like, maybe I should not have spent all that money, but now, now, I'm like, I love, I love being in my house all the time, looking at all this art that I bought. I regret nothing. I have all these books now that I have time to read. I spent all that money for good reason. So yeah, yeah, I think I did what I needed to do. Yeah. So tell us about the cosplays you did. Okay. So the first day, oh my gosh, I'm blanking now. What did I do? I'll come back to that. But the second day was the group cosplay. That was really just like my, I think it might be my favorite cosplay that I've ever done. And I had two of my best friends and we dressed up. Um, so the HBO show Watchmen that was like, mm. you know, sort of recently mm-hmm. out. So I knew that I wanted to do Sister Night from the moment I saw her. I was like, oh, no, this is me. I'm all over this. And so I was, you know, talking to a couple of my friends, one who had um, been to cons with me before and cosplayed. And then another one who we know is interested. He's a fellow blurred, right? And we were like, come on, come to the con with us. By the way, do you want to do this cosplay? So my one friend cosplayed Panda. And so he just wore like business clothes and like a big panda head that he, you know, mm-hmm. kind of yep. did, messed up. I did, just I did like, see exactly that. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. It was so good. And then another one, instead of red scare, he did red, black, and green scare. So he had like the jumpsuit, but it was red, black, and green and, and the, the ski mask. And, and of course I did my sister night. I was covered head to toe in um, like pleather. And a turtleneck and a mask ahead of my time and like uh, yeah. face paint in Hawaii I was dying I could have poured a yeah. bucket of sweat out of my boots after the end of the day I was in heels the whole day I was wow. in pain I was physically just like worn out but it was so worth it and yeah just being there with my friends doing that the photos are sickening like 
that's been one of the best things is looking back at all those photos. Mm. And then the third day I did um, Elizabeth from Bioshock Girl at Sea. And mm. I swear that was the most glamorous I felt since my wedding day. Aww. Like I got my hair professionally done. My lash girl was like, wow, like, you know, like I had red lip, like I was just feeling my fantasy. And then, yeah, my friend took some great photos of me there. And I, I was just like, yeah, I, I've always wanted to do that cosplay and I did it. And um, yeah, so that was great. Those are my favorite, I think, cosplays that I wow. did. Wow, that is one that is like true commitment <laughs> to to cosplay uh, but also masochists like we will just suffer through especially female cosplayers will just suffer through like all those really ridiculous impossible costumes of, you know however long, high the heels are and you know i complained about an itchy alex wig but like you guys go so far uh, to, to, to get that aesthetic off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you were, you were like, so, so much respect, first of all, and then you were like living your best convention life. It sounds like during this convention, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So, and um, then, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'll, um, so can you talk to us about like the, like you're talking about like sister night and how you, you were sister night, like, is that like the, the strongest character, like the most powerful you felt as a character, like with the representation of black characters and feeling that, you know, like that's something that people can't say, you know, like you have like the terrible people that come to you and say, well, that character is not black. You know, it's like, like how was, what's the strongest you felt in cosplay? Yeah, definitely Sister Knight, you hit that on the head. And not only was it because I was like, who gonna check me, boo? No one's gonna say anything about like, oh, you're the black so-and-so. Like mm -hmm. I cosplayed Commissioner Gordon one time. And I mean, obviously he's a man and he's white and I'm neither of those things, but like get into it people. But so many people were like, oh, oh, so, but you know, he's actually, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know that I have read the book, but you know, it's just like, I didn't even have to have that conversation with anybody about this. So that was one just like layer of like, what do they think you're gonna do go change like right oh my gosh no way yeah. i better go no figure way. something else out <laughs> yeah so it was nice to just not have to worry about that and just feel my fantasy and then yeah just watching the show watching her character i mean miss regina is just a powerhouse actress she's just a baddie in every single way and then the character so, sister so night She's like amongst my favorite people like ever. Mm. And I literally ordered a t-shirt that just has like almost all of her roles, like the faces from her roles on it. Um, but That's it was amazing. a size down from what I needed. So they're sending me a free one again. Like they're sending me a, a, like a slightly bigger size is free. When it gets here, I'm going to crack all of you guys' heads uh, with my <laughs> Regina King shirt. It's going to be great. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. She's a goddess. Yeah. All, all glory to her. She's finally like, I feel like we we all knew that she was amazing, but not we everybody know. did. And now everybody knows. Everybody knows, you know? So yeah, we that was definitely empowering. And yeah. I just hope I did her proud. If she ever had any occasion to ever see my cosplay, I hope that she's like right on, you know, to know that she inspired that in me and so many other women. Mm. Yeah, we had the Isla Powell Awards earlier this year. She won um, Year of the Year. So 
Uh, shout out to, to Regina King. Uh, we are still sending you your trophy. I know you're listening to this, Regina. Uh, my, my liege, we will have that trophy out to you shortly. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Actually, now I'm curious uh, if you could tell us maybe a little bit of how you choose the characters that you cosplay. I think um, it's a combination of things. Like, I never really felt like, oh, I have to pick black characters or, or female characters, but that does go into it because part of me wants to be like, I can do whatever I want. I don't care what anyone says, which is true. But another part of me is like, I really want to rep these characters that I resonate with because other women of color, you know, resonate with them. And it's important to represent them just like they're representing me. You know what I mean? Mm. So part of like, it all goes into it. So I read um, the Batman or um, the DC bombshells. So that was the first character I ever cosplayed was um, Kate Kane. And uh, it's because it, partly I had like this love of, oh, that now I'm remembering the first cosplay that I did. I did a League of Their Own. I was a rock for teach. And so I always loved a League of Their Own as a little girl. So when I read DC Bombshells, I was just like, all my little boxes were being checked. I was like, oh. So that was <laughs> the first character I ever cosplayed. So I was like, powerful woman, uh, you know, baseball baddie from the 40s. Like, it was just all my little lights were lit up. So I like to play characters that inspire me, um, some characters that I just enjoy. Um, I'm down to do like a group cosplay if you need me to plug in somewhere. Like I'm down to just like be a part of a group too. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just like, who do I really want to be for the day or whatever is is a big part of it. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Very cool. So going back to everything, <laughs> um, take us through your reactions to everything that happened. Oh gosh! And, so and can I tack on because um I just want to tack on a quick uh, addition to that question, um like you were talking earlier about like the rumblings of like how it was coming like to Hawaii like uh, while thinking about what Crystal just asked you like could you tell us like about those rumblings? Yeah, so I think yeah during in February when we had the, our last you know plan that was here. Uh, no one was really hearing about anything about the, the virus impact in the U.S., much less Hawaii. It was like this sort of overseas foreign thing that was just happening way, way, way far away. And, you know, it's not like we didn't care, but we were just like, oh, that's, that's tragic. But it didn't, we weren't thinking about it impacting us yet, yet. Um, maybe like, you know, scientists and stuff were, but the average person, the average bear wasn't really, it hadn't hit home for us. So after that, you know, we're all kind of, you know, especially my friend that cosplayed with us for the first time in February, uh, we're all riding high off that con and we're thinking about August, which is when the next one was scheduled. Um, and we're like, okay, what are we going to do next, guys? And we're brainstorming. And I had met a couple girls at that con because they saw me dressed as a peach. And it turns out they did this group cosplay called the Justice League of Our Own, which is the, a mashup of like, Oh. oh they're so bad mm -hmm. and so they that found me at the con and they like chased me down and they were like you have to cosplay with us and I was like yes please so like I had started making more cosplay friends and so everything was like already like all right August is going to be it like we were really just like focused on the next con and I was in group chats talking about what we're going to do for our next um, cosplays and then yeah slowly by little stuff started like it was like a big sort of cloud creeping over and it just was like mm. this 
oh, wait a minute, you know, this, the shadow is getting closer and, oh, this is applying to us now and, oh, our lives are going to change. And it took too long, I think, for a lot of us to take it seriously. Um, I have the benefit of being oh, yeah. in the healthcare industry. And even then, it's like people that I knew were like smart, <laughs> were kind of like in denial. And, you know, it was a difficult thing to swallow. But I think I realized pretty quickly that I was like, oh, this is going to change things drastically. I don't know about August. And then the cancellation started coming. Um, KawaiiCon is in April, and I hadn't been able to go to that the year before, but I was really wanting to go this year. I had Sailor Jupiter all prepped, and I was like, yes, I'm going to live my Sailor Jupiter fantasy at this big, like, anime con. Hmm. And um, I was like, oh, April, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure about that. And that was for sure the first one that got canceled. And then it just seemed inevitable that like the dominoes were going to fall. I think a lot of people were still maybe a couple months ago holding out hope for, you know, the August cons, um, the February con and the August con were, you know, everyone was hoping, but after the things started sort of closing around the country too, um, cause you know, you, you pay attention to what other people are prepping for. And I'm now looking like, where can I go in the mainland? And like, and then San Diego Comic-Con got canceled and I was like, oh, we're done. That's it. This is it. Like, mm. There's no denying that like, we're not going to be in a con for a while. And um, yeah, I think I did have the benefit of, like I said, being sort of emotionally and mentally prepared for that. I didn't like it, but you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it is what it is. And uh, it's, it's for the best. It's what we need to do. So, you know, we find other, other outlets and other ways to express ourselves and have fun until we can safely get together again. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, like you... this. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you do you feel like you're, um, you know, being in in the healthcare sort of prepared you for that better? I think so. Um, because even though a lot of people, I think, are are having this difficulty believing in the severity, or maybe not as much now, but definitely before, and maybe still now are having difficulty believing in the severity of the virus and the impact that it's going to have on our lives and in our livelihoods um, because they don't know someone personally affected or personally diagnosed or that has died. And as a first responder, I'm going to these people who are sick. I'm literally seeing with my own eyes people who are sick with this, their families who are impacted by their sickness, hearing that they went to the hospital and never came out again. You know what I mean? Like, it was real to me because it was in my face, I think, more than people who are, you know, maybe not in, in healthcare or in the first responder industry. So for better or for worse, I think it, it became more real to us more quickly. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, Eric's question from before, I'm really curious about, you know, was there any difference between, you know, reactions in Hawaii versus the mainland? Oh. Get out of my brain, Crystal. (laughs) We've been doing this too long. (laughs) No, thank you for bringing me back to that. I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, so we're really isolated here on Hawaii. I mean, literally in the middle of the ocean. Um, I've been here for over six years now, and it's still like freaks me out sometimes when I think about it. I'm just like, wow, we're all alone. And it's like kind of cool sometimes, you know, you feel very much like, um, yeah, we're out here, we're doing it. we're sort of can be removed from some of the mainland problems, but that's also a dangerous way of thinking. You know, mm. we're not actually 
removed from things that are going on in the mainland. We're physically removed sometimes, but the impacts are still felt here. And there's enough people that go back and forth. There's enough, you know, people with families there and people there with families here that like everything is, is still applicable to us, including these germs. Um, and so even though we started out I think having one of the slower spreads just because we had the benefit of like mm -hmm. being here on our own, you know, we didn't, we didn't start having cases until after most of the mainland, we didn't start seeing a, you know, a spike until then. And, you know, we didn't have community spread for a long time. And, and then it's just a matter of, you know, okay, well, do we try to keep the tourists, you know, the, the tourists now have to quarantine if anyone coming here, you know, so we put all these precautions in place that we, you couldn't really do if you're like in Arizona or something, you know, people just drive in and out of your state sort of, yeah. you know, people have to fly here and we get to see you when you come and we can have some sort of control over that. Um, but it did, you know, eventually come here and it came here and it's hitting us hard because also we are isolated. You know, we're, we only have so much resources or so, um, so many resources, so much space in our hospitals, you know, so we're dealing with the logistics of this just like everyone else. And it's just a matter of um, everyone. Okay. All right. I think. Sorry. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but my ear pods made that dying noise. So I took them out. And I couldn't hear anything. So now I'm having technical difficulties. My bad. It's all good. We can still hear you. We can still hear you. Can you still hear us? Ooh. Sorry. Let's see. Oh, okay. Can you guys hear me? We we never stopped hearing you. Okay. Just me then. <laughs> so sorry about that. That's okay. Can can you hear us? Yes. Okay. Perfect. We are recording. No, I I mean I I set us off on that, so <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So I don't know if we can bring you back to that answer that it yeah, can part of it. Let's take it from take it back from uh, there, like. Uh, you asked the question better than what I was saying. Yeah, so you were talking about, um, you know, I think the the part that we did get was the the isolation of um, of Hawaii and um, and sort of you know how that played out with this pandemic. Yeah, so a lot of uh, you know issues and problems that happen on the mainland can seem really far away from us because they are physically far away. Um, so sometimes we can get fooled into thinking that like that's not going to be a problem here or that doesn't apply here. Um, a lot of people were surprised, you know, when when uh, the Black Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement started really going off in the mainland, and, and everyone was like, "Oh, but we don't have any racism here, so it's fine." Mm -hmm. uh, there were a lot of us here who were like, "Actually, <laughs> you know, like mainland problems are not just for the mainland because a lot of people mm -hmm. from the mainland come here, and so even if you know, like." the indigenous native Hawaiians here, like, you know, they never owned slaves here. There's not history like there is in the mainland, but there is systemic racism because it's systemic. Um, and that's like the same with the pandemic. So, uh, you know, we hear this starting first off, you know, way far away, and then it's on the mainland and it's, you know, this thing that's happening on the mainland, but we're out here literally physically isolated. So we're like, well, if we don't let any of the germs in, like we'll be fine, but that's just impossible. Because um, there are people, you know, just like people who move here and bring their, you know, 
problematic attitudes that people move here and people visit here and they bring their, you know, biology, they bring their germs. And, and so, mm -hmm. so we instituted a quarantine for travelers. You know, you can't keep every single person out who's determined to come here and, and they may be carrying the virus. And, and even so, like, you know, I don't know, I can't tell you how it got here. I don't want to be one of those people who just like blames the tourists, but you know, there's enough people who have family on the mainland and, and live here and vice versa. I've only lived here for six years. Um, so I'm not a native Hawaiian, I'm not a Hawaiian person, I'm just a Hawaii resident. Um, so I can't speak for, you know, in, in any depth or with any authority about the culture. But I think besides, you know, having that like, oh, it's different here attitude, it is different in some ways because maybe more so than somewhere in the mainland, we have that spirit of aloha here. So mm -hmm. that is not just something we say to tourists, you know, aloha means hello and goodbye. It's also um, an attitude. It's a way of life. It's, it's, a, it's a tying together of the culture. It's respect that you give one another. It's love that you, that you share with your family and your extended family and your community. And it's taking care of one another and it's respect for elders. And that's so strong here. Um, so in that way, we do have a good setup for being able to take care of one another regarding this virus. You know, we're, you know, we have people here who are like, I don't want to wear a mask on it. But for the most part, people are really embracing this aloha spirit of like, we wear a mask to take care of one another. We wear a mask to take care of our elders. We wear a mask and we social distance, even though we, we want to be community oriented. We want to be with our families. We social distance so we can take care of them and love them from afar. And I think, um, like I said, as like a transplant speaking on something that's not my culture, my understanding of part of the culture of Aloha is that taking care of one another and that love and respect that is for the bigger picture and not just, you know, what you want to do right now. So we do have that going for us. So yeah, it's good to be here for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for that. And um, we've sort of touched on it already, but um, I'm wondering if you could take us through your perspective on what's been sort of the, the best and worst of this, the, you know, con convention cancellation. So maybe starting with the worst, what's been the worst part of no cons? Oh, the worst part is just, uh, I don't know. It's like, I think it might be my favorite thing to sort of do, like, mm the social event of the year and, and not only is it that it's not like oh you're just showing up to somewhere that you're really excited to be it's like planning with it talking to your friends about it getting excited you know fixing up your cosplays and, and having ideas and just like I I love you know the creative juices flowing so mm. going to a con is more than just about like yeah going so and you can just show up and be there and like watch the panels and like whatever but like as a cosplayer it's just on another level for me, like the preparation and I get really into it. And, you know, I'm a writer, I'm an avid reader and I'm just like, uh, creating stuff is, is half the fun, at least half the fun. And, and doing that with your friends makes it on a whole nother level, you know? So mm -hmm. just missing out on all of that sort of stuff is, is kind of a bummer because there's nothing that really compares to it, you know? Right. Um, What's the most prep you've ever done for a, a build that you've had to do? Oof. Well, I can't say that I'm a super seamstress or, or big uh, builder. I don't do anything that's really incredibly hard or intricate. And if it is, I will commission somebody to do it for me. I have no shame. I will tag them in my posts like, thank you for making this for me because <laughs> I could not. Um, 
So I don't think I. Well, yeah, that counts. Right. (laughs) No, that counts. To uh, commission other artists and uh, and floss their art, but one cosplay I did entirely by myself was Gwendolyn from Saga, and that was actually just a matter of like Mm. gathering and modifying clothing, and then I made my own walking staff. Thank you. I even stained it. I felt very crafty, but um, that was just like a lot of you know, putting together and cobbling and, and little bits of sewing, but not anything crazy, but that took a while. And then, yeah, I got horns and contacts. I'd never worn contacts before. That was a journey, um, but it ended up being worth it. Again, the cosplay is pain, but it's so good. Um, so yeah, that was probably the most work I've ever personally put into a cosplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... All right, so we've talked about the worst. What about the best? Have there has there been any benefits to this time of cancellations? Well, there is that like opportunity to do more diving into content. You know, I've been consuming content like a madwoman. Like I said, that stack of books that I bought at the last con that I was like, oh, my sagging bookshelf hates me. Like now I can read all those. My to read pile is actually moving downward rather than me just stacking more books on top. <laughs> my cosplays i'm getting inspired to do other characters i'm giving homework assignments to my friends i'm like hey have you read this because i think we should cosplay it <laughs> you know i'm really nice. uh, my madness and so now like my friends and i are you know are reading the same books and stuff and and talking about them and, and nerding out and it just gives you more time too for planning so eventually when cons do come back oh y'all better watch out y'all are ready that's be- true yeah so that now was, i'm curious that's my question yeah what what have you been reading? Oh, the billion dollar question. So my very favorite character in like the Bat family is Huntress. And mm. she's one of my cosplays that I really want to do one day. But I want to do it when I can do it right. Like in a way that I'm happy with. And I want to be able to make most of it myself or at least gather, you know, a lot of things myself. So and, uh, and get maybe a little more definition. And, you know, <laughs> I really want to floss on these people. <laughs> muscles if I want to be um so yeah, I've been just a bad girl man you want to you want to rep I do you know and it's not to say that like anybody of any shape and size can't do anything but I'm like if I'm gonna pull out my I want to wear this skimpy outfit you know what I mean I want them to see these abs it's part of the the prep you know mm-hmm. uh, getting your your body to look like what you want it to for for whatever character and I'm not crazy about that but if I'm be wearing nothing but spandex with the tummy cut out you better believe I'm going to be, you know, doing some sit-ups, so, um, and then, yeah, just being able to fabricate her look the way that I want to, and, and finding a, you know, crossbow, so I've been reading tons of Birds of Prey, thanks to, you know, the movie that came out, there's a lot more interest in, in the Birds of Prey, and of course, it's mostly focused on Harley Quinn, but interest is in there, so I, and before that, I read every single book that she was in, um, in any way, so now there's just more Huntress content coming out, and uh, more interest in her as a character, so I've been able to gobble that up, um, the Wicked and the Divine, I read through and then I bought this special edition book so I could have all the rest of the, you know, I want every bit of content that I can find about that because um, Persephone is happening, okay? And that's the one I'm trying to already uh, recruit my friends into. It was like, hey, I'm going to drop the to your house. Uh, the Wicked and the Divine. The Wicked and the Divine, all right. Mm-hmm. Sounds like something I might be into. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I've read the first one, I believe. Yeah. What do you think? My speed? Uh, I think so. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah. 
That would be oh, so cool if we like could jump in on your cosplay and do like. <laughs> yes. We're just like making cosplans from, you know, across the country during a pandemic. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, we'll do it. Pull it off. <laughs> we still have to do our um, Saved by the Belmont. We'll oh. uh, mash up uh, Saved by the Bell in uh, Castlevania. Let's do that. That's dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just wanted to get into, um, you just, you know, you're talking about like all the, um, all the body stuff as far as like, you know, um, wanting to be in a certain shape to do characters. And for some people, I know that that like is really inspirational. And it's like for a lot of people that, um, you know, don't normally do exercise or whatever, um, that, you know, getting ready for a con is like motivation for that. If, you know, so that's what you want to do. Um, I noticed like in your pictures on your IG and stuff like you're in your cosplay, you you have like a really strong stance. Is that from like any kind of like modeling or is that all like yoga? Oh, probably both, I guess. Um, I, I did some modeling. I, I'm retired now. I always say I'm retired from modeling. Um, but like, you know, I, <laughs> I'm on Instagram, like literally modeling my cosplays. Mm -hmm. But you know, I don't, I don't really seek out modeling work anymore. Um, but I yeah. did do since I was a teenager, so that definitely impacted like my posture. And um, I did gymnastics too, which I'm. People mm, I yoga class, yoga instructors say you were a gymnast, weren't you? So that apparently has impacted you know my posture and the way my body moves. And then yes, you've seen I do a lot of yoga, so um, that's one of the ways that I really, really like to keep my body moving, keep my body fit and, you know, stay flexible. Obviously I had a really bad back injury a couple of years ago and, um, I couldn't do, and I still can't do a lot of the workouts that I love. Like I used to, you know, be a distance runner. Like I'll never run long distances again. It's just not, it's just not going to be in my wheelhouse. So I had to adjust. So it was more yoga and then it's doing Pilates and, you know, low impact stuff. It's still, you know, let me work out and, you know, not just for vanity's sake, but, you know, for my job, I have to, yeah. have to be in shape <laughs> to do what I do. So that's like always my main focus of, you know, what I want my workouts to be. But when I want to push that extra mile to, you know, get extra strong or to like do a cosplay that I want to do in the way that I want to do it, um, then it's definitely motivating to have a con to look forward to or to have a certain cosplay to look forward to. And I'm just like, I want to be comfortable in this. I don't want to feel like I'm in it, but I don't feel right or it's too tight or like, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's all about like, I want to live in the character and I don't want to be thinking about anything that I could, you know, take care of on the outside of that. So that's why like, I'm going to have someone, you know, sometimes do my hair or, you know, I want to get my body a certain way so I can fit, you know, this thing that I already have and I don't have to buy a new thing, you know, like, oh, year let's make it fitting in this year so you don't have to buy a new outfit all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely extra inspo for my fitness just on top of regular like trying to stay firefighter fit nice um ah. you know just from the little bit you've shared so far i can already hear that you are in an incredibly resilient person and an amazingly strong and fierce woman, which I love and respect and admire so much. And I'm wondering if we can get some nuggets of wisdom from you now. Are there any, do you have any like hot tips for, for cosplayers during this time? You know, how do we, how do we make it through and deal with all these cancellations? I think really just like 
staying connected to, you know, hopefully if you have cosplay and, and con friends or even just like, you know, culture friends who are into, you know, the, the pop culture that you're into or your fandom or your nerd stuff or your, your blurred stuff, um, you know, get your little gang together on the Zoom and, and nerd out, you know, read the same book. I go to a, um, a virtual book club. We had a, a graphic novel club going at my local comic book store. Shout out. Nice. Um, so they did a graphic novel club and we used to meet at the store every month. And now, you know, now we meet on Zoom and it's like just as fun. Um, so we all read the same book and we talk about it. That's where I actually read Saga. That's what got me into Within the Divine. Like I've gotten so much, you know, my world has opened up beyond like Batman, Spider-Man stuff, you know, which is what I always loved, X-Men. Now I'm like, oh, look at all this other stuff. And then I go, <laughs> <on> that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, do your virtual hangouts, do your, do your plans. You know, like I said, I'm assigning reading uh, homework to my cosplay friends because I'm like, if we're going to do this cosplay, I need to have this background. Let's get into this book together. Because also I just want to talk about it. You know, we're all watching the, you know, we watched Watchmen again together and mm. yeah get together, quote unquote, with, with your, with your people. I love it. Do you, do you have any uh, reading assignments for our listeners? Oh, good. Hmm. Bitter root. Oh, it just won an Eisner award for, um, it's the best continuing series. Um, I had the distinct pleasure of seeing some of the artists and writers and people who worked on it at Comic-Con last year. And the book, it lives up to all the hype. It was amazing. It's, um, it's monsters. It's a black family. It's retro uh, aesthetics. It's back in the twenties. It's like, just, yeah, all my little lights are going off. Once again, this is checking a lot of boxes for me. Cause I don't, I don't know if you've seen also on my Instagram, I'm like very, um, you know, dabbling in pinup stuff. So I love mm -hmm. an aesthetic. I love a retro aesthetic. Um, but yeah, the, the story is fierce, the animation is fierce, the creators are so smart. Like, I think I'm kind of a smart cookie, and then I hear people like that talk, and I'm like, wow, I'm a giant dummy! <laughs> hey, you know, it's inspirational. Um, but yeah, the comic is fun, and yeah, I just, I want everyone in the world and their mom to read it. Bitterroot, great stuff. Excellent. I love it. That's so great. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd love your perspective. Do you have any thoughts on what the future holds for conventions and cosplay? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but for the foreseeable future, I think that we're just going to have to change the norm. You know, I think we all want to look forward to, you know, when is this going to happen? I think it would be a lot easier to deal with if we had an end in sight. If someone said, just hang on until... March 2021, it just boop, back to normal. Like, it would be a lot easier to deal with, but the fact is, yeah. we don't know. So for the meantime, instead of just, like, wishing it was different or, like, you know, being bummed that it's not what it is, like, we just have to adjust, you know? We have to do new things and find new ways to sort of fill that cup. Um, so, like I said, you know, doing the online, you know, get-togethers or whatever, and I'm a big fan of um, drag, so I love, you know, like drag race. And so a lot of the queens are doing, you know, virtual drag shows and, and those are pretty darn amazing. And then you can just sit in your house and watch drag show. You don't have to go out to a bar or anything, you know? So maybe that's the future of cons, you know, San Diego had their whole, you know, the panels online and everything. And 
maybe that's, you know, something we can look into as cosplayers. Like I've seen virtual cosplay contests and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just going to have to change. It's going to have to change before we even can think about what it's going to be, you know, when it can be the same again. But mm -hmm. I think it will be, you know, eventually we're going to all be back together in the, in the con and just looking around and, and being at the booths and watching panels in person and stuff. And that'll be great. But until then, we don't have to just wait to have fun. We can have fun now. It'll just be different. Yeah. So until we can meet in person, where can we find all of your cosplay awesomeness? Give us all the plugs. Oh, gosh. I think I just have an Instagram. I mean, no one's interested in my Facebook except for, like, my aunts and uncles. <laughs> There's probably... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you want to see what, it, you know, the interesting stuff, it's Instagram. So my Instagram is unfriendly, blurred hottie. Um, and uh, yeah, there's cosplay, there's yoga, there's some pinup stuff, there's some so occasional firefighter stuff, some fitness stuff. You know, it's a big kind of mishmash. Um, but yeah, I'm down to always meet new people. I wouldn't know, know, you know, half the people that I do from the cosplay and the nerd community and stuff if it wasn't for mostly Instagram. So like I said, I'm managing to sort of pull in some of my local friends, but like social media embraced me first and social media has taught me, you know, what it is to be a part of this community. So find me there. I yeah. It's, it's a little, yeah, great, uh, follow. great follow. <laughs> well, it's, there's a little bit of a dissonance because after talking with you, I would not have expected unfriendly to be part of your uh, cosplay name. So where did that come from? So uh, it's a play on the Mean Girls quote, the uh, the table, you know, in the lunchroom, she's talking about the tables, and then she's like, that's where the, the unfriendly black hotties. And so that was like, you know, if I'm like feeling my cool girl fantasy, I'm like, yeah, I'm unfriendly black hottie, but like the truth is I'm a giant cinnamon roll, but please don't tell anybody, okay? I have an image, no. <laughs> talks to me is gonna abuse me with that notion, like, come on, girl, but. I just like the play on words, um, you know, because I'm a blurred, a black nerd, and so that's an identity I've really embraced. So I put the two together, and uh, unfriendly blurred hottie is where we have it. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I like the idea that we can also like, and by we, I'm talking about black women in the in whatever the second person in that regard, <laughs> but um, like we should uh, be allowed to be soft and be allowed to be friendly and we shouldn't like you know all of our images in, in media with us like if we're we're either the magical negro or um you know like angry or something and just being able to you know to being able to be soft or being able to be sad or weak or happy or whatever at that point in time that does doesn't fit those regular stereotypes is like built that you call attention to it and then subvert it at the same time. Not to Gosh, analyze just, it or anything. Can you put what he said? That's what it means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that's a, that's a mansplain your name, but um, that's just kind of what I will allow mansplaining because you actually did it. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Aubrey, any final thoughts? Anything we missed? I don't think so. I mean, um, I'm just clearly really, you know, passionate about the community and about cosplaying and, and unapologetic in my love for, for what I love. And I just want to encourage everybody else to be like that. If people don't like what you like, find people who do. People are going to celebrate you if you're just, you know, put it out there. So 
thank you guys for celebrating me and, and having me. Yes, oh, we, we absolutely. Yes. Thank you for being here. Uh, we got to hook up that game of D&D um, &D or uh, what was the other one we played? Harlem Unbound. That may be more her speed because oh. it's based in the 20s. <gasps> it is. Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there we go. We got a game. All right, okay. Go. We got to talk. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, this has been awesome. You have been awesome. Uh, thank you, Aubrey. Thank you, listeners. This has been It's Like a Podcast or whatever. Stay sweet, chickas. We out. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?